are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Mike Luke and you're listening to Locked On Wildcats. Locked On Wildcats is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business and has been serving auto customers for over 20 years. Reliability is a big part of it. This isn't some fly-by-night organization. This is a group of people that have your best interest at heart. If you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers, you're not going to be disappointed. And honestly, they got pretty much everything you need. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. I mean, you can even get new carpet on there if you want. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need at rockauto.com. And on the internet, it's incredibly user-friendly. As I told you before, my mom was able to use this. Best of all, rockauto.com has reliably low prices. All you need to do is write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Go to rockauto.com. You will not be disappointed. All right, it's game day right now, and that means that the Arizona Wildcats are going to be playing the Washington State Cougars. We're going to break that down in this segment. The next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the -the under-the-radar Wildcats that really need to build off this performance of the last couple games. Then we're going to switch over to football and hear from a five-time Super Bowl starter who's going to impart some wisdom on what he's seen so far from the University of Arizona football staff, the new staff of Jed Fish. It was well over a month ago, but I think most Arizona fans remember the double overtime game, 86-82 victory over the Washington State Cougars. And that game was notable for a ton of different reasons. First of all, you can make the case that that was one of Benedict Matherin's coming out parties. Second of all, Arizona fans were reminded just how good Washington State guard Isaac Bonton is. Both these teams, though, a month plus later, are coming in different shapes and different strengths of their roster. Arizona's coming into this game, coming off its best win of the season. And honestly, You could break the case that this was Arizona's best win of the last couple years. That's how impressive Arizona's win over USC was last weekend. The last thing, though, if you're the Arizona Wildcats that you can do is come in here and lay an egg, though, against the Washington State Cougars. I'm not going to say that if you come in and you play Washington State and you lose that it negates everything that you've done last week, but... It's the epitome of the one step back, one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, two steps back. It definitely takes some of the wind out of your sails. And Arizona is going to have to bring its best performance right here because Washington State is playing its best ball of the season. And there's a couple main reasons why. First of all, guard Noah Williams is somebody that you're not used to seeing at Washington State in that. He's coming off a 40-point game and was the National Player of the Week last week. Not just the Conference Player of the Week, the National Player of the Week. Arizona fans know all about guard Isaac Bonton, who lit them up for 25 points last game. He's a game-time decision with with an ankle injury, but generally it's Arizona fans' luck that when you do play a team like Washington State, that player is going to play. So... 
just from a schematic perspective, I would imagine that Sean Miller is banking on Isaac Bonton and Noah Williams playing in the backcourt. Last game up front, you had to deal with F.A. Obagidi, who the Washington State Center only put up 12 points and eight boards. But if you watch the game, he and Andre Jakimovsky were incredibly important to the Cougars' victory. So you've got a nucleus there of about four guys that Arizona needs to pay attention to. And if you don't, you're going to lose that game. Now, if you're Arizona, there's a lot that you can build on here. And we're going to talk about some of those players in the next segment. But going back and seeing what Arizona did last game, you've got the performances from a lot of the guys that you needed. Azulis Tabellas had 12 points, 9 boards. James Akinjo, 18-6-5. Terrell Brown was huge in that game, including the game-winning shot. 15 points, 4 rebounds. And then Benedict Matherin, who we will get to, 24 points, 11 boards. But with this team, it needs to be a collective effort because Arizona isn't good enough to just rely on one player. And that showed itself in the USC game. You got big performances from a bunch of different guys. And for Arizona to show everybody that they've truly turned the corner, you need to go out there. And I don't expect this version of the Arizona Wildcats to handle the Washington State Cougars. But I need them to beat the Washington State Cougars. I don't care if it's a one-point game. I don't care if it's a 30-point game. A win is a win at this point. Then if you beat Washington State, you're on a nice little two-game, I don't want to say streak, but you're on a nice little two-game pace. Then playing an incredibly beatable Washington team. And you go into the last game of the season against Oregon feeling pretty good about yourself. But it all starts tonight, though, against Washington State. If Arizona doesn't play well and Sean Miller's talking about how we just lost it, we got beat down to a certain extent, you really got to wonder about this team. But this team has shown that when Miller does challenge them, they do come back and they do play really good ball. My hope, though, is that he doesn't need to challenge them again here. My hope is that the next step has already been made in that Arizona saw, man, if we play really good ball, we can beat a lot of these teams. We just don't need to be challenged by coach game in and game out to give a, to give some effort that maybe we should just be able to dig down internally and show. The USC game changed everything, and it should for U of A fans. It's not like Arizona made 15 threes and felt lucky this was a team that just beat a usc team that is probably the best team in the conference and just smacked the living you know what out of oregon but we're going to find out in this game if arizona is ready to take that next step and by that next step not needing to be challenged being ready to go out there and beat a team that they should beat and end this season on a high note we're going to find out a lot about this team tonight against the Washington State Cougars. There's a lot of guys on this team that are have been a little bit under the radar this year, as we've talked about the Tabellises, the Akinjos, heck, even to a certain extent, the Benedict Matherins. But we're going to talk about some of those guys on the other side. And these are guys, too, that not just need to play well this season, for the rest of this season. These are guys that are going to be counted on to be cornerstone players for next year. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. And if you're like me, you like throwing a few dollars every now and then trying to beat the books. 
And there's no better place that you can do that than betonline.ag. The cool thing about betonline.ag is it's not just the spreads. And again, that's a pretty cool part about it. But it's unique in that they are the prop bets that you can find on there. If you want to find a player that you think is going to score over 31 points on that night, you're probably going to have an idea that you can find that on betonline.ag. We've talked a lot about the big names on this team pretty much all season, but it's now important to talk about some of the guys who need to finish this year strong and honestly are going to be huge components to next year. And we're going to start with a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of love this year, especially from me, but he really showed what he is capable of in certain settings, and that's Arizona big man Jordan Brown. The McDonald's All-American has done next to nothing this year, given expectations, but against USC, playing arguably the best big men combination on the West Coast, Jordan Brown showed that he's no slouch. 19 points, 13 rebounds. He still doesn't show great touch around the rim, but man, he was physical in that game, and he gave Arizona fans, I think, a little bit of a glimpse of maybe the guy that was winning all of those gold jerseys. This game changed a lot about the perception of Jordan Brown, at least in my opinion. He went from a guy that was like, okay, you know, maybe he can be a reserve big off the bench next year to, man, maybe there is a little bit more to him. Maybe there is this coming out party, and it would be fantastic if he was able to continue this. Just like this team, though, you need to be able to build off that SC performance. Again, I'm not asking for 19-13 and 13 tonight against Washington State, but I am asking for a double-double or around there, and to play good physical basketball because, as we've seen, he's shown that he is capable of that. I'm a big believer in, in, in when somebody shows you that they're not capable of something, then you need to adjust expectations. Jordan Brown showed us that he's capable of bigger things, and I think the Arizona fans, we need to expect a little bit more. It was an awesome performance out of Jordan, and hopefully he can keep that one going because they need it for the rest of this season, and he needs it as a springboard in next year. Everybody's talked about Kerr Kreisa, the shooting guard out of Estonia. Shout out, by the way, to our Estonian listeners. There are four of them out there. We have ways of tracking. So, again, with Kerr, everybody knows that you can shoot. The percentages aren't there quite yet, but just continue to slide into that role as the starting shooting guard and that marksman that Miller wants you to be. I'm of the belief that when Miller put Kirk Kreisa into the starting lineup at the two-guard position, he did that with the intention of never removing him from the starting lineup. That's how highly he thinks of Kerr. And you can see it. Besides the shooting, he's a pretty good ball handler. And honestly, he's a lot tougher than I think a lot of people probably thought. He's a guy that takes charges. He'll stick his head in there. And you figure that he's going to be a big part of next year's team. Just like with Jordan Brown, there's no better time for him to continue to improve his game and really get a stationary spot for next year's Wildcats. I'm a big fan of freshman wing Dale and Terry. The Corona Del Sol slash Hillcrest Prep product was a kid that's been on the recruiting radar in the state since about his sophomore year in high school. And every year he got better. You can tell by looking at him with his frame, with his understanding of the game, and he's an underrated shooter, as he showed last game, that this is a kid that has NBA potential. But he's been kind of buried this season, and it looks like he struggled with his confidence a little bit. 
But Sean Miller said something the other day that really caught my eye when he said he's never had a freshman work harder and honor the process more than Dalen Terry. And when you're uber talented and you honor the process, I know that's an overused term, but it's a term that's become commonplace, so we're going to use it here. When you honor that process, you are going to be, become a good player. That You always hear the biggest jump is from the freshman to the sophomore year. If you're Arizona, you're really hoping, though, that Dalen Terry can make that jump next year. And there would be no better time than to build off the performance that he had against USC, where he totaled eight points and three rebounds. But it wasn't even so much that. It's that he just looked confident out there. He looked like the, a guy who was on the verge of becoming a difference maker. And he's a guy that you just know it when you see it from a confidence perspective. And once that light does turn on, I believe that he's got as high upside as anybody on this team. So if Arizona fans just need to see him continue to progress. And he's a guy that will challenge for a starting spot next year, assuming natural progression. But first things first, you got to continue to build. And just like the other two, I need another nice performance out of Dalen Terry. And with a kid that works as hard as he is has and is as talented as he is, that's going to take care of itself. Last but not least, Benedict Matherin. Has there been a more mercurial player this entire year than Matherin? He comes in, doesn't do a ton to start out the season. Then Matherin has a five, six game stretch where it looks like he's about to be a one and done, putting up 31 points. Heck, last time he played Washington State, he put up he put up 24 and 11. And there are times throughout the season where Benedict Matherin just looks like a next level type talent. I was texting back and forth a little bit with Brian Jeffries about a month ago, and I said he reminds me a little bit of a young Michael Dickerson. And considering that Mike D's probably one of the top 15 players in school history, that's high praise. And Brian responded back and said, yeah, he was talking with Reggie Geary about that, and they both thought the same thing. So you see the kind of talent that he has. But he's also been called out multiple times by Sean Miller. We don't exactly know what's going on behind the scenes, but he's talked about how he just needs to play better, period, and that there's been times when he didn't like his focus. You got three games left in the season. Going to the NBA at this point is probably a little bit of a pipe dream, which is good for Arizona fans because a sophomore Benedict Matherin could be a real problem around the league. But you also don't want to see the stat line that you saw against USC yet last game where he played 17 minutes and had two points, one rebound, and one assist. This is a guy that obviously has NBA ability. He needs to be able to continue to show that. I don't need 31 points going forward, but... Just with his raw ability, with his ability to shoot and attack the cup and get to the paint, double figures should be a bare minimum for Mr. Matherin. And you want him more so than maybe anybody to go into this offseason feeling good about himself, ready to work hard, because he's on this team, he's the guy that has the look of being somebody that could be an All-American. We talked a little bit about Azulis Tabellas having that look. Benedict Matherin is the epitome of the All-Airport team in that when he gets off the plane, you look at him and you're like, yeah, that dude's a player right there. Arizona needs Benedict Matherin, and he more so than anything, he just needs to get his confidence back because if he gets his confidence back, he is so talented and so skilled that 
the rest of it will probably take care of itself. We've talked a ton of U of A basketball getting you ready for Washington State. By the way, I think Arizona beats Washington State. My score, I'm going 81-74. to 74. The Cats win. Let's talk a little bit of football, though, and we got a guy coming up on the other end who would know a lot about U of A football. He just knows a lot about the game in general, being that he started in five Super Bowls. We're going to talk with Mr. Glenn Parker next on Locked on Wildcats. Welcome back to Locked On Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke, joined now by five-time Super Bowl participant and one of the best U of A Wildcats in history, one Mr. Glenn Parker. Glenn, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, and how are you today, Mike? I'm not doing too bad. First of all, it's obviously fresh in people's memories. Um, what did you think you were watching the Super Bowl and watching uh, U of A alum Rob Gronkowski? Where does he rank in kind of the pantheon of people you've seen come through here and people you've seen come through the conference? I mean, he's definitely the finest tight end that's ever played at University of Arizona, and and he's got to be he's got to be the probably the best in the in the in the pack as well. It'd be you'd be very hard pressed to find a better tight end than him, uh, as far as his skill set. You know, the, the, the tight end position changes over time in the NFL, but he's a throwback. He could have played tight end in the '60s, the '70s, '80s, '90s, all the way to now. Um, it's just can you find a guy like that? He's it's incredibly rare to find a talent of a guy that's big enough to put his hand in the dirt and be an inline tight end and block, and yet fast enough to be a mismatch um, no matter where you put him on the field. So he, and he's got the mentality. Uh, you know, tight ends have to be a little crazy and very, very tough, and he's got that. So, yeah, he, he's a throwback, and he's definitely the best that's ever been around here. Did you have any idea when he played here, obviously it was a little bit truncated, but that he was going to go on to become not necessarily the best tight end of all time, but certainly in, in, a fixture on the Pro Bowl, all pro teams? Well, when he came, we automatically, I, 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 you know, I'm very tight to the program, and I was around when, he, when they were recruiting him. They were like, you got to see this kid we're recruiting. And he shows up, and it was obvious from the get-go he was a different animal, a different beast completely. And I, I remember his draft year, you know, he had been hurt. And I remember at that point talking to a lot of guys I knew in the league and saying it, the best tight end in the draft, and it's not even close, is Rob Gronkowski. People were worried about that back injury. They, you know, they were, they were concerned. And, you know, I knew he was a I knew he was a great player. You can never say how good a player is going to be in the NFL because of the transition and because of injuries and because of how hard it is to make it and does a guy mentally have it. But he had all the tools, and we I, I certainly said at the time he had all the tools to be a great player. He's just become better than I think any of us had hoped he could be. We're joined by Glenn Parker. Glenn, let's move on to now the U of A football program. What's In the time that you've been gone – from when you played, why hasn't the team, why hasn't in the post-Tomi era, Arizona been able to be successful as far as not even putting together something consistently or consistent, but, you know, having teams that had some kind of reputation, a top 25 type profile, what has been the common denominator in the post-Tomi era for that not occurring? They continually recruit back in Texas and the Midwest, you know, not to say there's not good players there. But if that's where you're going to be making your money, you're recruiting against a ton of other schools. Look at Texas. Everybody wants to go to Texas. All oh, football is great in Texas. I've coached a lot of clinics down there. Those kids are generally 
coached as good as they're ever going to be. They're not going to grow beyond what you see. Um, you know, are there some great ones? Absolutely. Can you get an Earl Mitchell now and then? Yes, you can. But the problem is you can't make a living on them. And we went away from recruiting what we knew, recruiting our backyard, recruiting California, and recruiting the Polynesian Islands. And if, if that's what Dick Tomey was great at. He knew the culture in, in Hawaii, and he knew the Samoans and the, and the Tongans, and they trusted, those families trusted the head coach with their, with their child. And he did a great job of recruiting California. That was his bread and butter. And he, he won battle after battle when it came to winning Phoenix and Tucson. And he understood the value of having local products on the field, kids that had some skin in the game, kids that wanted to play in front of their families, kids that felt like a part of the community. And that has been missing for a long time in this, in our, in our, at our university. What's your initial impression of Jed Fish and the new coaching staff? Well, I, the staff he's put together is stellar. It's, um, I'm very excited for it. My impression, he is saying and doing all the right things. And, you know, I, all I can do is go on that. And it seems like he's headed the right direction. You know, it'll really come down to how well we recruit. Because when you come on board initially, you raid the transfer portal. You do that and you get your, some talent immediately on board. But it's, can you sustain it through uh, recruiting and through professional development? And by that, I mean, you have to you have to almost do remedial football on a lot of kids. So many kids come out of a, a, a Pop Warner team or a high school team, and they really don't know much about football. They might be athletes, but they're not great. They're not football players. It's, it's almost the opposite of what you have going on when you recruit Texas, in which you have a lot of really good football players that aren't very good athletes. But if you're going to win consistently, you go out and you find those kids, and you have to have almost like a football 101 class with them, uh, every year, just to get them on the same page where they understand what you're looking at, why you're looking at it, what you're seeing, and all those different things so that you have a common vocabulary when you get to season, uh, when you start coaching. And, um, and that's the toughest part, I think, is, is finding those kids that can, can develop in, in all those different ways. Now, Arizona has obviously added a lot of all-time greats to their coaching staff. Uh, you know, Chuck Cecil, Ricky Hunley, Brandon Sanders, Teddy Bruschi in an advisory role. Has Glenn Parker, probably the finest offensive lineman in school history, ever thought about coaching, and more specifically, ever thought about coaching at his alma mater? Well, I was here back in 17 with Rich Rod. I was an uh, offensive analyst for them when we, uh, right. uh, the year we all got fired, and I enjoyed it. It was something I loved doing, and I would do it in a heartbeat again. And then, um, and then I was with the Hot Shots in the AAL, and I went and did that. And that was um, that that really lit the fire more than anything. And then, of course, I help out at high schools around here. I would definitely love to coach at the university. But the thing about coaching is coaches have to have trust in their assistants and know who they are. And 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 Jed doesn't know me. And I understand that completely. And and um, and I'm I'm on the older end. You know, it's one thing as is Ricky, as right. Ricky and Chuck, but they've coached a lot. And. And so, and he knew them. So it's, I, you know, I, that I don't really worry about as much. Um, I love coaching. I'll help in any way I can. If that's fundraising, that's great. If it's just supporting the team and being there every day, and um, that's who I am. You know, I'm going to go to every game. I'm going to be there in a work capacity or a fan capacity and, and root those kids on and hope for the best. Glenn, I can't thank you enough for giving us a few minutes of your time. It really means a lot. No, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats, and we will be back with you tomorrow breaking down some Arizona basketball.